Hello. Hello. Holy shit. Hi. Sorry. <laughs> Today of all days, we've been having some, I've been having some uh, technical difficulties, but we're here. We've made it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Best of Five. And boy, I don't know what it is. I'm extra excited for this one. I don't know what it is. I can't quite put my finger on it. Hmm. Anyway, hello everybody. Welcome to Tuesday night. We're already 15 minutes late, dude. Ah, today's it's this morning's or it's not even morning. It's afternoon. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Best of Five. My name is Elon. Everything's fine. Everything's great. Uh, it is the last episode of Best of Five. Of September of 2023. Uh, this month's been crazy. This month's been crazy. And it's only going to get crazier from here on out moving forward. So everybody get, get ready. Uh, it's going to be crazy. Things are crazy. Things are wild. Things are, things are out of control. Unhinged, you might say. Tonight on the show, speaking of unhinged, we're going to be talking about the Tekken updates? Hold up. Why did the... My, my thing didn't update. No. I was about to make a joke. Uh, okay, well, you know what? We're just gonna... I'm just gonna say this sentence so that it we're not feeling dead air. And I'm going to type something. Uh, yeah. Why can't I... My brain is not functioning. Oh, this is all crazy. Wow. Well, anyway, uh, all this to say, oh, speaking of unhinged, Aki's out. Aki has been released. She came out yesterday. And I got to tell you, man, that character is really, 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 really fun. We're going to chat about her a little bit later. We're also going to be talking about FGC content, why we're lacking. It's a very good uh, topic to, ha uh, to discuss, specifically as somebody who, you know, I, I feel I, I it feels weird to call myself a content creator. I don't think I'm at that level just yet, right? Um, but with that said, this is a very good discussion to have, specifically because I agree with the point that was made. Uh, specifically, it was brought up by Majin Obama, so we're going to chat about that. Mortal Kombat 1 has some pretty big issues, uh, has an extremely huge issue, uh, so we're going to be talking about that as well. But first, to set us all off on the path to victory... Everybody's favorite segment, the Memorial Steve Ace King Offsuit Jurek recap. The weekly recap is back. So here, ladies and gentlemen, is your weekly recap. We're starting right off at CEO Taku. Big, big anime event happening over at C uh, Orlando. Of course, CEO is Community Effort Orlando. Let's talk about King of Fighters 15. A full top four Mexican invasion. Tamago taking the big gold trophy or the gold medal over Violent Kane uh, in the grand finals. Sace Mix or Sace MX uh, taking the big bronze trophy. And Wero Asamiya sh uh, showing up for fourth. Tied for fifth is, I don't know, this lawyer guy who I've never met. Donka. A former uh, co-host of the show, tying for fifth. 
uh, along with Brazil's F Kang. And tying for seventh is Crazy Salvi and the Rockland Hio, all the way from Colombia. Uh, shout outs to everybody who also uh, tied for ninth Lapis, Core Values, Brightside, and BBZ. And tying for 13th is Lord, Co Lord Coach Steve, Shadow King, Boom Cube, and the legend Jack Ingoff. I think he's a Texas guy, uh, if it's the person I'm thinking of. So shout outs to Lord Jack Ingoff uh, and everybody else for the crazy, crazy top 16 we had this weekend at CEO Taku 4, King of Fighters 15. Next, let's talk about, oh boy, sorry, everything just kind of went crazy on my end here. Uh, next, let's talk about the big ol', uh, the big ol' Mortal Kombat 1 tournament. This was the first Mortal Kombat 1 tournament since the game's release, and it was taken by Striker here from the US, winning it with Havoc to the delight of all of the TOs who had to uh, who had to unlock the character for all of the setups. So shoutouts to Striker for making it up there and taking the big gold medal with Havoc. Uh, second is Punk, the Lord Punk, going all the way to second in Mortal Kombat. Shoutouts to Punk. Parsa HP taking the, uh, the bronze medal all the way from Canada. OD Full Auto uh, taking fourth place. Time for fifth was Coach Steve and Zintai. And last but not least, Infinity and Beyond Toxin tying for seventh to round out the top eight. Blue Linkies, who you might know as the legendary Soul Calibur Six player, uh, tying for ninth along with Chloramite, Misfit Panda, and Aztec. And the man, the myth, the legend, the Wonder Chef, the great commentator, not only for Mortal Kombat. I don't know if you guys have seen him, but he's been doing a lot of commentary as well for um, Pokemon Unite and for Gundam Evolution. So shoutouts to Wonder Chef, tying for 13th uh, alongside Alcatraz, Every, and Drac. And that is your Mortal Kombat 1 Top 16. Let's take it over to the actual anime games now. Guilty Gear Strive uh, was an ARC World Tour qualifier event and it was taken by the legend, Tempest NYC. This time, not winning the very last tournament to qualify, but qualifying with a good amount of time uh, for the until the finals. So shout-outs to Tempest. Shout-outs to Tempest for qualifying over Umisho in a pretty crazy grand finals. I don't know if you guys got to see it, but uh, Umisho almost reset the bracket, but Tempest just came back strong. Uh, so shout, uh, And Tempest has been using Sin, too. No more to Leo. He's been using Sin, which is pretty, pretty crazy. Uh, Cherio taking that big old, uh, taking that big old bronze medal. Uh, fourth place goes to Peppery Splash all the way from Canada. Varix uh, and Nubenheimer tying for fifth, and Zando making his way to top eight with Asuka, which is pretty crazy, right? Zando and Bean tying for seventh. Uh, everybody tying for ninth is Apology Man alongside Nitro, Aaron DeMac, and Luke SFL. And everybody tied for 13th are Chaos, Lord Knight, The Legend, AJ, and Marvello. So shoutouts to everybody on a great tournament for Guilty Gear Strive at CEO Taku. And an extra shoutout to Tempest NYC for qualifying to the ARC World Tour Finals of 2023. Next! Let's round out the rest of the games we had over there at CEO Taku. Blaze Blue Central Fiction was taken by Monarch. 
who beat Beta Dude in the Grand Finals and third place was taken by Toito. Guilty Gear Revelator 2. Guilty Gear Exerd Revelator 2 was taken by Peppery Splash over Mystic and Foo. Foo, the Heyoon legend, taking the bronze medal. Melty Blood Type Lumina, unsurprisingly taken by Scrot Vermilion uh, over Jurassic Ori. And Data Boy Uchi Uchiha, jeez. Data Boy Uchiha taking the big bronze medal over for Melty Blood Type Lumina. Uniclear. We had the legendary grand finals between Jack Ingoff and Big Black. <laughs> and Big Black took it over Jack Ingoff uh, in the grand finals. And Rurik taking the third place in Undernight in Birth. Uh, grand Blue versus was taken by Wavy over Prada in the grand finals. And bron uh, Bronze goes to Accent Star. Blaze Blue cross tag battle. The, the legendary song Chop Suey. Why'd you leave your kids upon the table? Taking the gold medal. Elon taking the second place. And Monkey 41 2, 40 12, 4012. Monkey 4012 taking third place. Persona 4 Arena Ultimate was taken by Megaki over gold. Unfortunately, gold only got the silver medal this time around. And NBM taking the bronze. Melty Blood Accent Core Actress, or uh, Melty Blood Actress again, current code. I think I got that name right. Was taken by Dine over Skeleton and J-Bell taking the bronze medal. Guilty Gear plus R. Accent Core plus R. That's the Accent Core one. Uh, was taken by X-Phantom over Elven Shadow uh, in a little bit of an upset. So shoutouts to X-Phantom. Uh, Elven Shadow taking the big silver. Shoutouts to Elven Shadow as well. I'm an Elven Shadow fan. Uh, looking forward to seeing uh, what uh, Frosty Faustings brings us very, very soon. And Mahoko taking the big bronze medal last but not least in our little recap here is Skullgirls, the kill age <laughs> the kill sage uh unfortunate spelling mistake there uh my bad uh the kill sage taking the gold medal over cloud and biceps at mid showing up taking the bronze medal so shout outs to everybody at ceo taku uh, unfortunately, we didn't get all the games in there. We only have so much time to make these graphics. So shout-outs to our producers, uh, Mean Scene and Blue, for putting all this together. Now, across the pond, we had another ARC World Tour qualifier. And it was at ARC Revo Japan at Tokyo Game Show. And it was taken by the Lord Gobo, my favorite player. He's been playing Asuka, too. So... Shoutouts to Gobo, making it all the way, playing Asuka here and there. Taking it over last year's Arc World Tour champion, Mochi. Steven taking the big third place. Tirara going for fourth. And tying for fifth is Konsume and Lox. And tying for seventh is Tatsuma and Nida uh, Nidaimi Ganejin. Uh, tying for ninth, we have Surumaiden, Dark Necro, Takahara, and Nage. And tying for 13th, we had Ume, Dorabat, Fab, and Migu Migu. That's a hell of a name. So shoutouts to everybody at uh, Tokyo Game Show for a very successful Arc World Tour, uh, Arc Revo Japan bracket, and a special shout out to Gobo for qualifying for Arc World Tour Finals 2023. Next and last but not least, we had another Capcom Pro Tour online premiere. This time for Brazil. So all the Brazilians showing out uh, for uh, for this uh, Capcom World Tour. Uh, the Capcom Pro Tour qualifier, uh, the online premiere, blah, blah, blah. Uh, words are difficult today. We had Namikaze XTM taking it over Kiyoma in the grand finals. Kiyoma 
the sole uh, Manon representative taking second. Unfortunately, Kiyoma couldn't clutch it out at the end. Stunner tying for third. Ronaldinho uh, taking the big fourth place. Uh, Zidani FGC and Kayo uh, CFS tying for fifth. And Lenja uh, Viva and Juninho Ras uh, tying for seventh. Boris Pollen, Dark, Yuki, and Zedimunga <laughs> tying, for, tying for ninth. HK Dash, The Lord Diddy Mokoff, The Force 90, and Felipe all tying for 13th. So shoutouts to everybody who participated at the Capcom Pro Tour online premiere for Brazil. And a special shoutout to Namikaze XTM for qualifying to Capcom Cup 10, having his shot at the big $1 million. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is this week's recap. Look at that. It was perfectly smooth. Uh, it, was a, it was a huge weekend. There was a lot going on. So um, shout outs to our producers, Blue and Mean Scene, for putting together uh, the results and the graphics for us. Uh, I did want to add, there was also uh, the Crazy Raccoon Cup was also this weekend. I don't know how to read Japanese, so I couldn't tell you like what the results are. <laughs> uh, and shout outs to our producers who tried, but yeah, there's just, there's just no way. There's just no way. All right, let's get into our topics because it is almost time for Zed Tabani to be here. So we're going we're gonna to shift some stuff around because we started a little bit late. First off, let's talk about Mortal Kombat 1. Mortal Kombat 1 released a couple weeks ago. Uh, the game is amazing. It's very, very fun to play. However, there's one big issue that was discovered last week and that issue is actually it wasn't last week it was this week uh the issue is player one has an advantage the person sitting in player one side has an advantage over player two what is that advantage you may ask player one can land combos that player two cannot and it is not a side thing. It's not like, a, oh, you have to be on this side to land this combo. You have to be on that side. No, it's player one can land something that player two cannot. Certain uh, bread and butter combos for Sub-Zero and for Katana, uh, you cannot hit on player two side. It will always drop. It is crazy. There is a YouTube video out there that uh, I unfortunately didn't have time to get. But it is wild. I don't even know how that works. Uh, but unfortunately, that is a big, 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 big issue uh, that is, luckily, going to be fixed very soon. Uh, Lord Ed Boone, Lord Ed Boone uh, tweeted out that it's looking like the Player One Advantage bug will be fixed on a patch tomorrow. It'll keep us all posted. So shoutouts to, uh, shout to NetherRealm Studios for really, really hurrying up and uh, getting that bug fixed. Uh, yeah, earlier this week, the, he acknowledged it, so they were already on it, right? And much like the Street Fighter VI uh, issues that we had on release, this stuff is not cheap. It's very time-intensive. It's very expensive. So the fact that they're really, like, hustling to get that corrected is an amazing thing. So shout-outs to NetherRealm Studios and Lord Ed Boon. Uh, hopefully that will no longer be an issue uh, after Friday. Also, I hope it's not... I hope... The issue, the fix for the issue is that both players can do the BNBs and not that both players cannot do the BNBs, right? So it, that's a very bizarre issue that I, you know, it's one of those things that, it's one of those things that I think none of us would have figured out 
until like one person brought it up. And even on one of our morning streams, I tr I couldn't believe it. I tried it. It happened. Even as I did it, I could not believe it. It's wild. I have never, I don't think I've ever experienced something like that before. It's, it's b very bizarre. Very bizarre. But hope, but luckily it's getting fixed. Uh, so shout outs to Lord Ed Boon and the uh, NetherRealm Studios folks. Next. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and skip the FGC content discussion. We'll, we can even talk about that when Zed's here. Uh, but let's talk about Aki. We're going to skip to our third topic right here. Aki. Aki got released yesterday. She is so unbelievably fun, right? Uh, she is the character that is unhinged. She is the Fang disciple. And for those of you that missed it, we had D Answer, who is a Fang legend from Street Fighter V, uh, hung out with us and showed us some cool stuff for Aki. Uh, this is a clip of what we did earlier today. Oh, we want audio for this, don't we? Here. Is it just like an anti-fireball move that you were using it as? Um, well, I mean, if you put the EX one, it's plus, right? Mm -hmm. And if, you, if your opponent's not looking for it, it's... You get you. It's just free pressure, right? If you do the uh, OD one, mm -hmm. and the other ones, I mean, they're minus what? They're minus two, minus three. They're still safe. So mm -hmm. why not, right? Gotcha. Like even if you if you you can react to the fireball, but even if you don't react to the fireball, worst case, we're doing it, right? Mm. It just right. added, the audio cut even out if there. you if you you can react to the fireball, but even if you don't react to the fireball, worst case scenario, what did you lose for doing it? Right. Mm, it true. just added it just added something else to the mental stack. I saw you using the So big ups to the answer. Thank you, the answer. Everybody give them a theoretical round of applause uh for coming on the coming on the stream earlier today. Uh he, he we we played some sets, we discussed the character, we discussed some Armenian food. Uh so if you want to see that, I think we're gonna have a video on YouTube or you can just go to the Twitch VODs um and you can see us grinding it out and us playing it out this morning. It was a lot of fun. But man, speaking of fun, Aki is hilariously amazing to play, right? Uh, she is... The, the one big crazy thing that I didn't expect, and I'm, I think it's safe to assume that other people didn't expect either, is Aki's not a charge character, right? Fong was a charge character in Street Fighter V, so through uh, assumptions, I thought she was going to be a charge character. I have a feeling a lot of other people thought she was going to be a charge character, but she's not. She's a motion character. So she can do some crazy shit in zoning, and she can do some crazy shit rushing you down. Uh, the, the, the wild thing is her poison mechanic is very, very interesting, right? So you can get poisoned, and it works exactly like the Fong poison, right? When you get poisoned, your life meter starts ticking down until you either hit, your, uh, hit Aki or until the poison runs out, right? Until it gets out of your system. Uh, she has a projectile. That's actually a projectile. It's not like the Fong V skill, right? Where there's just like a little orbital poison that goes through everything. And uh, isn't necessarily a projectile. No, it's actually a projectile this time around. Uh, and uh, she has a lot of really wild movement uh, options. And her poison mechanic is a little bit different. The way... Excuse me. The way she works is... Uh, the way she works is she once you once she hits you with poison, any move, any uh, not special move, but any move of hers 
that would give you poison, like any of her uh, target combos or any, any of her special moves. She has like the, the chains that go out. If you get hit with any of those, the hit properties on those change if the opponent is poisoned. And it's your opponent either gets blown back to full screen, right? So you can keep doing a shit ton of zoning. Your opponent crumples so you can get a huge amount of damage. Or your opponent gets knocked higher into the air so you can actually get some really, really amazing juggles if you confirm or if you hit your opponent while they're poisoned. And man, it's been, I've been having so much fun with this character, man. It's so crazy. She has ridiculous movement options. Um, she has stance cancels, uh, which are super duper fun. I've been having a lot of fun doing that. And like, she just feels good to play. You know what I mean? Like when you hit somebody with a combo, it like it's fun. And I think, sorry, my pups are showing up. Uh, and I think it's just one of those things where. You know, I think that's the important stuff, right? Like, she feels fun to play. and She feels fun to move around. It feels good if... Uh, it feels good to, like, mix people up. It feels good to, like, put poison on someone and watch them freak out because they're losing health. She's fun, man. She's a good time. I, I've been having a real, real good time with her. Um, I also saw Mono was... Uh, has been playing her already, and he's already found, like, some crazy damage with her in the corner. Um... Who else is... Uh, I saw I saw there was a thing uh, that Dr. African was doing with Mono uh, where they were... They set up a Discord uh, where they were... Like, they were having, like, training sessions in the Discord. So that was pretty cool. Uh, I wish I had more info about that, but we'll have to save that for another time. But yeah. And already, I think tonight is... Uh, Tampa Never Sleeps, right? I think they couldn't do... They couldn't do... Uh, Tournaments on Tuesday night, or I'm sorry, not Tampa Never Sleeps. I think ICFCs tonight, uh, but they couldn't do tournaments on Tuesday night because they had the maintenance, right? They had to take the servers down so they could add Aki. Um, so unfortunately, there were uh, we had the speedrun edition of uh, we had the speedrun edition of uh, of the can opener series, and ICFC had to be postponed. Uh, Aki main confirmed. I don't know, man. I don't know. We'll see. I, I still have... The thing that's crazy about learning a new character, and I'm sure other people feel this too, uh, the thing that's really, really wild about learning a new character is, like, all of... For me, at least, all of the... All of the muscle memory that I've learned with Manon doesn't leave, right? Like, whenever... like. It, I don't know, whoever was here this morning, Jimmy, you were here this morning, you got to see it. When, like, whenever I was trying to do punishes, like, every once in a while, like, I would just do a command grab, right? <laughs> like, uh, somebody would, like, I would block an uppercut, and, like, in my brain, I was like, oh, just command grab this. Oh, I'm not playing Manon, damn it. Um, oh, that, speaking of command grab, that's actually another thing that Aki has that I think is amazing. She has this really, really cool mix-up, so... First of all, another, like, something that's very different between playing Manon and Aki is Aki has an actual functional drive rush, right? Like, for those of you that don't know, in my opinion, I don't know if statistically it is, but Manon has the worst drive rush in the game, right? She goes nowhere. It's almost not worth it. Like, you can barely reach people to get uh, Oki, uh, but Aki 
she goes across the entire screen. It's crazy. So something I've been doing is drive rush roundhouse because her roundhouse is special cancelable. Roundhouse, you can cancel into your, uh, her snake slither stance. And out of her snake slither stance, she has three options. One is the Fong rollover kicks, right? Like the scorpion kicks. Unfortunately, in this game, they're not plus uh, like they were in Street Fighter V. However, they are safe, so it's a really, really good pressure tool. Uh, she has a, an anti-fireball move where she launches herself across the screen. It is heavily punishable, so it's a very, very tricky thing to use, right? You have to use it against fireballs or when you know your opponent isn't blocking. And she has a command grab where she slithers up the person and then, like, constricts them to death. It's crazy. Uh, now, out of roundhouse into stance cancel, the flip over kicks is a frame trap, which means that there are a couple of frames in between when the kick comes out and after, they, uh, after the opponent recovers from blocking the heavy kick. However, it's not enough for a move to come out. So the person, if the person presses a button, they're going to get counter hit. Once you make them scared to press a button... You can just go straight into the command grab, right? And in the command grab, they have, I think it's like nine or 10 frames. So they can definitely jab you out of it if you do the command grab. But if you train your opponent enough, you can make them eat like three or four of those command grabs. And it is just, especially if they're poisoned. Like if they're poisoned, you just see their life bar melting and it feels amazing to land. It's so much fun. It's so much fun. So, so, so much fun. Um, I still, I the character seems complicated, but I don't know. Maybe I just am good at simplifying things in my own brain. Um, but I was having a lot of fun. Like, you can just confirm a lot of jab combos. You can just kind of do your own thing. It's been cool. Uh, I can't wait to see somebody who actually plays the game and has a brain <laughs> to uh, do some crazy shit with her. Because she is going to be very annoying to play. She's going to be so annoying to play. Uh Oh yeah, one of the one of the big differences that I've noticed um, is she also has a puddle mechanic, much like Fong did, right? Where she can put a puddle on the ground. However, the puddle has no hitbox, so the opponent can just walk back and forth, right? And if they step on the puddle, they're gonna get poisoned. That puddle reaches way farther than you would think. That is the bi that that's the big wild thing is that puddle reaches a little bit farther than you would think. So putting that down. From, like, if, if you're standing at, like, round start, you can put it down and it'll hit the opponent, right? However, the opponent can press any button since it doesn't have a hitbox and punish you. So it's tricky to use, but it's really good at, like, making your opponent afraid to do stuff. I can't wait to see what people do with that character. It's going to be very, very cool and going to be very, very neat. Uh, she has hell options off of everything, right? The fact that she can just knock you into the air if you're poisoned, like she can do whatever she wants. Uh, and she's crazy. And her combos are tough to do. I haven't been able to get combos consistently, right? Especially because there's a lot of drive rush canceling and a lot of drive rushing to be done. But, uh, but yeah, no, uh, the character is super exciting. It's cool to see another, uh, another character coming out that is... Amazing. Amazing. Uh, all right, sorry, I'm just looking here, making sure I'm not missing anything. Okay. Um, 
I'm still waiting on Zed to, to log on. So let's move on to, let's go ahead and hop back to the, uh, let's have a small discussion on FGC content. And if, uh, when Zed hops on, we'll have him on. Uh, they did a little cross up there, right? Uh, so as far as the discussion on FGC content, as I mentioned earlier, uh, right after our recap, Raccoon Cup 2, which is the big collaboration between influencer, Japanese influencers, VTubers, and Street Fighter pros, uh, happened this weekend over at Tokyo Game Show. And for those of you that missed out on Raccoon Cup 1, the view count was extremely high, right? Like, that's been the thing that people have been pushing is, like, over 75,000 people just watching one streamer, like, over 100,000 people, over 300,000 people watching something else. Um, I think the thing that makes the Raccoon Cup so uh, so attractive as a piece of content is the people involved really care about it, right? Uh, like, I, I was watching a couple of, uh, a couple of, like, the influencers' reactions when they were playing their matches, and, like, like, some people, like, were crying while they were playing because they got so nervous. They were crying when they won. They cried when they lost. They cried when their partners, like, their teammates won. They cried when their teammates lost. Like, you could tell that it meant a lot to a lot of people, right? So, even though there weren't necessarily stakes, as far as I know, right? I, I have, I only have, like, the, the cursory information, right? Like, just context clues that I can see. Uh... So I don't know if there was like an actual prize or not, but the fact that people really cared that much just playing the game, I thought is something that while we do have, I think we're, I think in the US, we're very bad at showing that we care, right? Does that make sense? I think, uh, I think having, having people like wear their hearts on their sleeves and display how they're feeling uh, is something that we're not very used to, right? Everybody has to have a poker face when they're fighting. Uh, and something else that I think is very interesting is this event, each team felt like a team, right? Uh, I remember watching uh, Street Fighter League. I remember watching other team events. And it never quite felt like a team, right? It just felt like a bunch of people who barely know each other playing the game together. But because there is so much camaraderie between these uh, content creators that they picked for these events, uh, everybody knows everybody. They're all friends. They all like, like each other, or at least they pretend to. Uh, I think having that kind of a vibe and seeing like all of them like work together to make this beautiful thing is exactly what we're missing as FGC content for FGC content. Right. Uh, and this all, this discussion all stemmed from this, uh, this tweet from Lord Majin Obama, Majin Obama as, uh, the person who does his intro does it, uh, this is a post by Majin Obama, and it says, Not a competition, never has been. The point is taking the time to consider. Is our approach to content at this important moment in time a little static and complacent when it comes to trying to attract new players to our games? Are we really taking advantage of the moment? And 
and you can see in the zoop you can see in the screenshots here uh is a bunch of uh twitch streams that have like over 50,000 people watching youtube streams that have 16,000 people watching 50,000 people watching right so you can see like the the response to the response to uh this event right and having everybody care and everybody like building up this thing has a a uh, a clear effect right people are tuning in to watch they're enjoying watching now view count ultimately doesn't matter right at the end of the day that stuff is kind of out of our control in a sense however and i guess i say that as a like maybe that's just me huffing that copium uh because i'm uh <laughs> i don't get as many views or whatever but uh all that to say the way like the crazy raccoon cup has been such an interesting thing to see grow because it's something out completely out of what i would think is the fgc wheel wheelhouse um so yeah it, it, it's it's just been so interesting because seeing people outside of the fighting game community play the game for an extended period of time right and it's and it's the reason why i had s fan on the show right seeing s fan like somebody like s fan who is completely outside of the fighting game community uh all of a sudden like play the game grind a game and then go to evo uh and realize like oh shit fighting games are dope uh has been pretty damn cool so uh shout outs to uh shout outs to lord s fan and the fact that we had him on the show was really really cool all right. Uh, let me see here. Okay. Uh, I think that's all I wanted to cover with that. And I mean, it's a discussion that's going to be keeping us uh, talking about it for a long, long time. Especially now that we have, uh, you know, we have the advantage that Street Fighter Six is a good game outside of a fighting game. Uh, and it has uh, the reach that it's had, right? A lot of people outside of the fighting game community seem to be very happy with it. Uh Now's the time that I think we need to appeal to the people, to the, uh, to those people who are outside of the fighting game community and see if we can make our community a little bit bigger and brighter. Zed, I see you're here. Can I, am I able to hear you? Oh, let's see. I don't think I can hear you. Let me, let me double check a couple of things on my end. Make sure it's not me. I think everything looks okay on my end. Let me see. One moment, please, chat. Why did... Instructions unclear, accident, upload a video of... Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I it, it's you know, I, and I mean, the topic that topic of growth is a topic that we're going to be talking about talking about for the rest of our lives. So it's it's one of those things where you know we're just gonna we're just gonna like have that discussion over and over again. And you know, making content attractive to people outside of the fighting game community is very tough for our community because while 
the base of the game is very rudimentary, right? Like, as Esfen himself put it, two people fighting, one person, like, two people get hit, life bar goes down. It's very rudimentary to see that, and it's very easy to, uh, to like, kind of process all that. But I think the thing that's very difficult to understand is... The, like, all the intricacies, all the intricacies in uh, in the games are super difficult, right? Because you can see two people playing footsies, and to somebody in the FGC, it's going to be the most amazing thing. But to somebody outside of the FGC, you see two people just walking in the in the screen, you know. So, uh, <laughs> it's not going to be very, uh, very, what you call it, interesting. Hello, can you hear me? Hey, there we go. One second here, uh, ladies and gents, he's here. We've been waiting for him. The legend, uh, the legend. Amazing, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing human being, uh, amazing musician. And you know what? Uh, Zed, I'm a, I'm somebody who has a music degree as well. So I, you know, uh, I understand. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I think I just lost your microphone again. <laughs> oh, sorry. I turned it off for a second. Uh, where'd you get your music degree from? Uh, I went to Westchester University of Pennsylvania, right outside of Philly. And, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I saw you went to Berkeley, right? Yeah, I went to Berkeley College of Music. So let me ask you this: uh, and this I, this part of the interview was going to be more towards like the the middle of it, but now that we're talking about it, let's talk about it. Uh, mm -hmm. You were one of the first few people accepted to Berkeley for rap, right? Yeah. Yes, so I was the I was the first to get accepted through an audition. And I was the second person there to get the first person was, I think, Daria Wilson. And she won from like a vibe magazine, like contest or something. Mm -hmm. And then I was the first person through like audition who got into the school and, and did the whole thing. Gotcha. Damn, dude. First of all, that's amazing. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> let me let me ask you this. And me having the music degree and having gone through the music school experience, my assumption is that a lot of the people who play the quote-unquote real music did you receive any adversity from people like that like did people try to hold you back because they weren't like rappers or anything like how was that experience? no well no because that's that's the thing too is like i think i think especially when you're when you're around musicians who are doing it at because berkeley's really high level like especially the year we the year i came in like 10 percent of people were accepted and they started that that was around the year when like colleges started to like okay we have to start ramp like the year after was when they started like okay we got to increase tuition to ramp up increase admissions to ramp up like the money we're getting because because we're becoming more profitable all that shit started to happen around like across the nation a lot more um but specifically everybody at berkeley is really fucking good at what they do um the school is 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 rife with people who you're like holy shit like stuff that you would think is like really top tier people do is just kind of the norm there. Mm -hmm. And generally when you need to get to that level for music, you kind of realize, cause I, I thought it was going to be like that. And you kind of realize like people like most musicians hate that shit. Like when people go into music and you say, that's not real music. Anybody who works professionally as a musician and, and, and is doing it at a high level think this thinks that's fucking stupid right mm -hmm. so i got a lot of props from jazz teachers like some of the 
biggest jazz names you've ever heard. Um, I got to meet Harry Belafonte Hell while yeah. I was there. We did an honorary doctorate for Harry Belafonte, um, who, if you know who he is, is a fucking legend. And he gave me props. Um, to, like, uh, who else? Like, a, a lot. My teacher, my private instructing teacher, was an opera teacher, and she specifically figured out like she she had these things where like you could if you she told you hey point here and then look like this and then open your jaw and then you would hear a, a noise come out and you're like oh that's amazing so she gave me all these technical exercises to help me like breathe better in my rap and to help me enunciate better and to help me do things and i still use those to today so there was a lot of it was a much more positive experience because a lot of the musicians there were really fucking good at what they do. And they were all like, Oh, that's cool. It's a rapper. I'm not going to say it was like all like, there were a few people who were like a little bit hesitant to that. There were some faculty who were like, uh, you know, I don't know if that's really, you know, there, there were times where I faced that. Um, but it was either hard line, like this is awesome. And we need to use this or this can't be a part of our thing. Get the fuck out. But, um, it was a largely positive experience. My, my experience at Berkeley was a largely positive experience that, I mean, all the stuff you've heard for the last couple of years would not be possible without, without that. And it's very different now. If you try to go to college at Berkeley, I mean, that's not, a, that's not to say like, it's a bad thing, but like the way just colleges are in general is not a great, it's not, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not the best experience, you know? Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, and let me ask you this: Did you did you know how to read music and everything before you went into Berkeley? No, fuck did, no. And even like even the most, they try to teach it. Like that's the thing too is like a lot of the quote unquote things of like, oh, you're a good musician are kind of like you realize what the actual barometers are for that because mm -hmm. people give you different things. Um, most people like when they when they're trying to judge like who's a quote unquote like real music or real musician. Um, most like really fucking insane musicians like who are like working and doing crazy songs and pushing sonics like sonic soundscapes forward and everything like that a lot of them can't read music mm -hmm. a lot of them are really good at playing and just play by ear right so a lot of times like for example they taught me to write lead sheets so in in Berk like when you're doing music you can either write like full-on sheet music or you can write basically this thing that you know jazz musicians create called a lead sheet where it's like mm -hmm. okay this is the groove it's going to repeat like 500 times here it is and every musician who just sees that sheet's going to be like oh okay i know how to play this immediately right um and so i didn't i didn't really know a lot about i didn't know about that i didn't know about theory when i first came into like a theory class i was like what the fuck is is going on because they just assume that you know how to play piano yeah. and if you don't know how to play piano you're kind of fucked um but i had this great teacher um uh his name is oh my god i can't believe i'm forgetting his name we're so, we're like really good friends too i'm fucking mad um i'll i'll i'll, I'll get his name real quick. but like he he was my harmony three harmony is what they call the music theory class there mm. harmony three teacher and he taught me like he made that so much fun. Like once you learn that like harmony is just math, it's like the fucking coolest shit in the world. And I also had like a chip on my shoulder. Cause like when I started doing street fighter music, a lot of motherfuckers were like, Oh, you're not like real music and all that shit. And I had to deal with all of that. And it got to me. And so, and I also grew up in Irvine, which was very discounting of rap music. So I was just mm -hmm. like, you, I have this huge chip on my shoulder. Like I'm going to learn music. I'm going to do all this stuff. And I'm going to prove to you it's real. And also going there, most real musicians 
fucking hated that attitude that this is not real music yeah. so like i i yeah i i didn't know uh how to read music when i got there i still don't i still i know how to like if you give me like five minutes i can like oh yeah i know what's going on here right um but most people just don't you're not reading it's it's, it's inefficient in certain genres to like yeah. write out sheet music <laughs> for yeah. what you're trying to do yeah no uh i had when when that clicked for me is I wound up playing at Warp Tour like just randomly. Uh, oh with, fuck yeah! With Fishbone, uh, Angelo Moore. Oh and holy those shit! Guys. That's awesome. Yeah, this was in like 2010, I think. Uh, and oh, they sent me a bunch of sheet music beforehand because I, I think their bass player, who I'm, I still talk to. My fan, real quick, keep talking. Do it up. Uh, but yeah, their uh, their bass player, uh, Jeffrey Connors, I think his name is, uh, who I still keep up to to this day. Like sent me a bunch of sheet music, so I just you know made sure i had my shit together but when we were like we were rehearsing before we went on and angelo moore was just like oh i don't read that shit and it was like one of those moments where it's like <laughs> oh damn just because like you I, know, I, it, it, no, it's just one of those things where like coming up like i, I was a trombone player uh and <laughs> sorry, sorry give me a sec. <laughs> no all good sorry i like I, I realized that like my thing was like facing the wrong way so i was trying to like flip it and gotcha. i didn't do it the, i didn't do the right one Oh, there you go. Okay, there you go. Hell yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, now no, we're now we're facing each other. Fuck yeah. Uh, well, high five. High five. Yeah. <laughs> or wait, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> that worked. Yeah. It, it was very uh, smooth and seamless. It's like it actually happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is am I synced or am I super out of sync right now? No, you're good on my end. Oh, cool, cool, it's cool, going to cool, look cool. a little bit weird to you just because it's sending you the direct feed. So it's going to look I like it's you. a little I bit behind. Yeah, 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 that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's yeah. Fine. But, uh, but no, it, it's, it's really interesting because, you know, uh, I came up learning trombone where it's like, you know, you play classical music, you play jazz music. It's like, oh, you have to learn this way. This is the way that it's done. And I think that's why a yeah. lot of people show resistance to newer music, right? Especially people who uh, either learn it however they can. Uh, mm -hmm. so I, I just find that so interesting that like, you know, it, it's always like, you have to learn it this way because this is the way music has been taught for years and years and years. Yeah. And people are so afraid to step out of that mold that when somebody does, like, it's like a mind blowing experience to the point where like they either don't want to see it or they, or like, it's like, yeah, it changes somebody's life. Well, I, I, it changed my life. Cause like I grew up, I grew up like thinking like, Oh man, Drake isn't real music. This isn't real music. Cause I, I grew up in Irvine, but like a big thing was like going there. I remember saying that where I was like, I don't think Drake is real rap. And th this, uh, the drummer who I've kind of worked with for a while, it was, he's a fucking amazing jazz drummer. His name is Dimitri Albano. And he's a great pop drummer too. He was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But like, shut the fuck up and listen to it because that's who you're competing against. And you have to, un you don't have to like it. You have to understand it though. Yeah. And I credit so much with that because they do this thing in, in at Berkeley where they called sound alikes, where it, it sounds so fucked up, but like you, you pretty much just recreate a song, but you have to create it exactly. So uh, if you're recreating, so they made me recreate like crank that by soldier boy. Mm. And like, I fucking hated that song so much growing up because I was a fucking, you know, like, Oh, gatekeepy. And, they made okay so you have to find the exact kick you have to find the exact uh you know steel drum right you have to find exactly what what's playing here you have to have and you, your voice has to sound like soldier boys right you have to kind of push your voice to sound like that and the first time i did it i was just like 
oh, fuck, this is really great. Because all of a sudden you understand the thought process of why, when you start sequencing things, you understand the thought process of why that's there. When you start saying his lyrics with his kind of intonation, even if you're not getting it exactly, you understand what the appeal of what he's trying to do is. Even if it's something like Soldier Boy, like, oh, it's whatever. There is something there that is catchy and interesting for the industry. Um, and like, even like stuff like Tupac and, and all that kind of stuff. When you, when you do sound alikes like that, a lot of musicians do that because it's a group. It's like, you're eating somebody's brain. You're eating here mm-hmm. all of their information at once. And so I think like, especially with like, uh, you know, Oh, d- d- this is the way you do things. That's such a block for so many fucking people. Yeah. And, it's it's an uns it's a it's a telltale sign to see that somebody I don't mean asshole but it's kind of a telltale sign to see somebody isn't like serious. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of successful people who are like who say that and they're like at the top of their game and then you don't see them like three years later yep. because they just don't. That that's like the whole thing is like music keeps changing and I remember I'm sorry I talk so much but I remember uh-huh. when I was um in high school and like a lot of the rappers I listened to in high school. Uh, I would like a few of them. And then a couple of them, I was like, this isn't real music. This is trash. This isn't real lyricism. Uh, And then nine to 10 years later, uh, when like mumble rap and everything broke, people were like, oh no, that was real music. This Mm -hmm. isn't real music. This is (laughs) da da da. And now you see a lot of people who are going back to like Juice World and a lot of old people who are like mumble rap and like, this is real music, not this shit. And it's just a continuous thing because soundscapes consistently change and they come back and they morph. And um, if you think that things are not like real, quote unquote, real music, it's just a different metric. You're not listening. Most musicians are evolving. Like the musicians right now are in at an insane level that you haven't heard. And if you don't believe me, ask any musician to play one of the old songs you like and they will kill that shit. They will fucking kill that shit and be like, that was boring. And then they'll move on to something else, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's crazy too. Uh, I, so I unfortunately don't play anymore, uh, due to an injury, but, uh, Oh, I'm sorry. I, it, it was, it was the right thing. <laughs> it was one of those <laughs> like blessing in disguises type of thing. Uh, but I spent a lot of time, uh, you know, like doing the musician hustle, right? Like traveling between Philadelphia, and New York, like playing yeah. uh, hella late and all this other stuff. And I got to hang out with a lot of people who studied at, you know, places like uh, Juilliard and places like Manhattan School of Music. And yeah, it was very bizarre that like in somewhere like Juilliard where it's like very hoity-toity, very like proper, the people who were teaching but weren't working – were the people who were like, oh, no, this is all wrong, blah, blah, blah. blah. But the Dude, people who were yeah, working, working and were doing the stuff, yeah, like, were so supportive, right? Like, uh, one of the people that I worked with there um, uh, told me to listen to Biggie. And I, I grew up, like, I was born in Brazil, but I grew up in, uh, I grew up in, like, rural Pennsylvania, where it's just, like, ignorant city. It's big oh, city. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I never really listened to hip hop or rap growing up. However, like when I was like when I was a musician, this was in like 2013, 2014, somebody sat me down and was like, hey, listen to Biggie. And I was like, oh, I don't like that. Blah, 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 blah. But they were like, no, just listen to it. And after listening to it and like hearing how complex like the, the chord structures are to their songs and how like meaningful the songs are, 
was like a mind blowing experience, right? So like yeah, like hearing like hearing something that you aren't expecting to hear that you are supposed to hate after a while is like crazy. It like makes you no, question but, everything. But also also it's like a lot of times so there's two things. Like one, like a lot of times music is just supposed to be music is the most fun and the most impactful when you leave your shit at the door and are just open to stuff. Yeah. It just is. Like if you cut like and again, there are times where you just want comfort food and the stuff that you like, right? I like mid two thousands hip hop, right? And like early nineties hip hop sometimes. And I like pop music. I do. And I like Japanese music sometimes. Um, but then sometimes like if you just leave your your shit at the door, you get exposed to a lot of really cool stuff. And all of a sudden you have just this whole other view of how things one one thing that happened was I worked at Apple Music for a little bit and um one of my one of my bosses was like super like into like trying to make sure like Latinx got their got their shine. And, and on Apple Music, we promote a lot of Latinx artists or or just Latin artists. I'm not gonna say Latinx artists, but a lot of reggaeton, a lot of bachata, like a lot of a lot of different stuff. Like, uh, and it was it was so like 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 listening because having to make like content for that like for a while I was like you kind of got like why it was so hype, right? And why it was so interesting. And it was kind of interesting like watching people like backlash towards reggaeton backlash towards that kind of stuff because you don't really see like you're like why is this such this aversion it's very similar to rap i think even like and you were mentioning juilliard i think what's interesting too about like classical music especially with like classic musicians is yeah a lot of people who are very gatekeepy don't really work all that much and it's and it's by the way it's it's also like a it's not even like a talent thing it's it, you you have a giant block in talent if you're not willing to be open like that. Mm-hmm. By the way, that's just that's not me trying to be an asshole. It's just like that's just an industry. That everyone knows that. Like, unfortunately, um, but like also when when you are like you're just like kind of a dick to work with. Like people don't like working with those kind of people. Those people tend to be very very uh, like averse to like social situations and like just getting along and following directions, like being organized with the material and trying to work as a team. Like those people are just very, very averse to that or, or more averse than others. Um, The other thing I will say about that is a lot of that, like a lot of that classical music stuff where you are like, Oh, well this isn't real music or you're very like gatekeepy is kind of antithetical to classical music because Mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff that like that's in Beethoven's whole fucking career. Yep. Like that's <laughs> guys, the guy's whole career was like, cause if, if, if you've never listened to music before, like in, in tonal harmony, which is classical music, um, when you're moving, you know, like the whole thing is movement, right? So like when you have, like, let's say you have the bass note and you have the top note, um, you can't, you're supposed to be going in opposite directions the whole time. And if you do this, mm-hmm. you have, like desecrated god and man like it's like a huge issue to do because it's called parallel fifths if you go from Mm -hmm. a fifth to another fifth it's fucked up so they like at berkeley they'll give you tests like where you have to like lead a chord structure and you can't fucking do that or you fail uh and (laughs) like uh that is like 
it, that was that's that's the only thing you can do. But that shit's all over pop music. Motherfuckers will do parallel fifths all the fucking time because it sounds good. It sounds cool. You will go from a fifth to a fifth, and like, uh, like Beethoven would do that shit. Beethoven would do shit that you're not supposed to do because he's just like fuck you. I don't mm-hmm. give a shit. This is the Romantic era. I'm gonna do whatever I want, <laughs> and like a lot of that stuff has like a lot of that stuff is disruptive because it changes the way you look at music jazz. The existence of jazz itself is just a giant disruption of music. Mm -hmm. It's chromatic. It has rhythms that you're not supposed to play. It is where all the liquor and the fucked up things are. You know, if you live in the twenties, um, (laughs) learning about music, I just felt like a lot more like, self-esteem with myself Mm -hmm. like for for being into hip-hop because i just kind of realized like it's it's a panic that doesn't make any fucking sense right and it'll get out it'll 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 die and largely you know most people who are serious kind of understand this at this point um and everybody like everything on the mortal Kombat video anytime i see somebody who's like what's this crap and they like capitalize or like ray can't spell (laughs) crap without rap uh yeah i it's like 30 followers it's not I can't like reasonably take it seriously anymore. Like after, after everything I fucking done in the last <laughs> years. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, so it's funny you mentioned the parallel fits because uh, a, a teacher of mine, a uh, theory teacher of mine, used to always say like every time you every time you write parallel fits, Bach kills a puppy. Uh, yeah. Which is so stupid. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah. Um, and Mozart snorts a line of coke or something. I don't exactly. Know. Exactly. Uh, but like you know, like you, since since we're both musicians, I'm sure we could talk about music a lot. But yeah, uh, to tie this back to fighting game stuff, this yeah. also happens in fighting games, right? Where you know oh, people yeah. like you have a lot of people who grew up playing Third Strike. Street Fighter Four comes out, they're like, oh, Third Strike was the real game, bro. Bro, it's it's almost the exact same bro. thing. <laughs> it was the entirety of like I think all that. When did you join uh, FGC stuff? Uh, I started like right at the end of Arcade Edition 2012, so right before Street Fighter 4 Ultra came in. So I I got really into Street Fighter in 2006 when I liked like Street Fighter uh, Dago Perry, mm. and then when Street Fighter 4 came out, I was like, oh shit! Like Street Fighter, got in Street Fighter 3, not Street Fighter 6. Like when Dago Perry came out, and then yeah. Street Fighter 4, I was like super into it. Uh, in in 2009, but in 2009, motherfuckers were all like, man, why can't we just go back to Third Strike? Fucking infinite in, invincible wake-ups is some bullshit uh <laughs> these kids can't like combo fiend told me one time like he's like oh these kids just want to fucking press a button they all just want to press a button if you just sit there they're just gonna press a fucking button it's like fighting a moving training dummy and so like it was like and then via talked about it it was a very interesting time because everybody was like and you noticed that like people who loved third strike fucking hated street fighter 4 they hated it uh, and they wanted a pure footsies-based game. They didn't want all these link combos. They wanted it so where it's like, okay, you're basically neutral all the time, and it's whoever wins the neutral game. And they got Street Fighter Five, and they're like, this is terrible. Why can't we have Street <laughs> Fighter Four again? And like Street Fighter Five did have problems, and I'm like, I, I have a lot of issues yeah. with Street Fighter Five. Um, but like, yeah, that is so fucking true. I talked to Watson mm-hmm. and a lot of the old like heads, dude. All of them, like you notice, like this the game that they came in on, they fucking hate every other game. So like Watson is like, I was like, what's the problem with Super? Is like, well, what the fuck? Like, so you just get to fucking 
They just want a flashy fucking move and to take off like half your health after I beat your ass. Fuck that shit. Like people can just charge super in the corner, like in Street Fighter 2 Turbo. Like they were fucking mad about supers. Um, uh, fucking uh, Marvel they had problems with. Like, I mean, at least at the time they told me. Um, and then, uh, you know, like alpha games, they, they, they felt some type of way about. Yeah, like air blocking um, in alpha games alpha like i'm sure games. people lost their shit over <laughs> i mean like but it was just like it was it wasn't even like the problem with the mechanic it's like oh the mechanic isn't isn't weaved in strategically which is a way to say that it's just kind of different yeah. um not not to say that they're wrong but like it's just historically like people just don't like new shit right mm -hmm. like and also keep in mind like even now with street fighter 6 i think was something that people should remember is that there are people who are playing this shit that's their job and that is a different kind of like weight that puts on you. I see a lot of people who play this game for like two hours a day, echoing things that people who play it for like 12 hours a day say. And I'm like, bro, you're not good enough to say that. <laughs> you, can't, you can't say that. Like you can, but it's not your opinion. Um, it's like when it's like, like the only thing I can really, the, the couple things I can relate to aside from Street Fighter is like being a musician when motherfuckers like when rappers when other rappers come up to me because there, there's a thing in rap where just people just immediately think they when other rappers come up to me and give me advice um and they're just like not doing anything like a lot of i've seen a lot of armchair fucking mm -hmm. bar rappers since the mortal Kombat thing came out um like it's it's just you realize that okay you're not this is the level these people are operating at. You're echoing this level without the context there. Yep. So I think like a lot of the issues, a lot of the issues of Street Fighter Six are there, but some of them are exaggerated because when you play this game for eight hours a day, it's going to fucking weigh on you. And some of them are pretty legitimate and need to be fixed, like mm -hmm. JP. And and you know, like you can still like a game and it can still have problems. Like mm -hmm. it's going to happen. You're playing this game like for hours upon hours, like. When you beat Tears of the Kingdom, you'll beat it. Like you're not gonna fucking try to break unless you're a speedrunner, and even then, that's a whole other thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, it's funny because uh, there was uh, Brant uh, Brantford Marsalis, who's Winton Marsalis's brother, uh, said mm -hmm. one time, and he said this about music, but I think it's so true about like every other industry. It's that at times it just feels like it's a bunch of people in a room just winking at each other. It's like, oh, yep, I understand. And then when one person stops winking, when one person questions why everybody's winking, they either tell that person to leave or they beat them up until they leave. And then it's just a yeah. Bunch of so that's what and that's what it kind of that's feels. Makes people... it... But that's the that's the beauty of the of the exchange, right? Mm -hmm. Like especially with music is like because when you're in a room with people who know if you've if if you've never done music before, like a big thing about music is like if you know your instrument, it's like your voice right and if you like when i don't rap there's a lot of shit that i can do people are like how do you do that it's like well it's just it's there it's like it's under my fingers right so everybody winking is kind of magic it's magic because it like it's it's fun you're trying to keep the ball in the air and sometimes it is good to question why is everybody winking so much but i think i would challenge that and say sometimes it's not a question it's an interruption like if you're if you're trying to ask why everybody it has this like secret code that's going around or this magic that's in the air that's kind of unspoken um 
and you want to disrupt it so you get attention, that is different from, hey, how we can we improve this? There are top yeah. players who are complaining about Street Fighter Five, who are frustrated, who are just like, this is my job, man. And I think like mm-hmm. some of it's not phrased great, but it's legitimate. Like you're frustrated. This is your job and you have to fucking figure this shit out. There are some people who are complaining about this game who are just really bad at this game. <laughs> Yep. And I'm I I'm bad at this game, but I, I will hundred percent call motherfuckers bad because I you know <laughs> know people who are good. Uh like there are people who are pl- who are bad at this game who are complaining because they want attention. Yeah. And that's not great. You know, like when you complain about the state of rap because you want attention, that's not great. You know? If you're at like if you're working and you're playing and like if there's legitimate things that are taking that's taking food out of your mouth, then yeah, you have a reason to complain. But like you're not there yet. There's so much more that you have to work on. Like, there's a lot of... I complain about JP and Ryu. There's a lot more that I have to do before I can, like, really, like, say, like, this is a fucking broken game. Because if I'm... <laughs> I'm not even playing the game right. Like, well, it's it's only, like... Guys, it's only, like, less than... Less than three months, man. We're not playing mm-hmm. the game right. Like, it's less than a year old. You know? It's gonna... It's games games are completely different a year after they're they're out you know um and yeah you'll see how how things develop yeah for sure also i wanted to mention this but i kept forgetting Sorry, uh, so you you apologized for talking too much this is a talk show that's what we're here for we're fine <laughs> no, no no i have i have adhd so i, I tend to I, ramble a lot dude i do too man if we're <laughs> i feel like we're cut from the same cloth man we're good we're good uh but okay so we're we're touching on it. Let's let's just dive into it. I want to start at the very beginning because I know the fighting game community means a lot to you, uh, and I've seen like bits and pieces of your story here and there, and I just kind of want to, uh, I want I want to find I want to find out more about you. So, starting at the beginning, like what was your first exposure to the FGC, and like what like what got you into the FGC and into playing fighting games? When I pl- when I started to do battles in high school, uh, one of the guys who I battled sent me a clip of Daigo, the Daigo Perry. And I didn't know what was going on. And then I realized I was like, oh, shit, this is fucking crazy. Um, and I'd always like liked Street Fighter 3 just because the way it looked and stuff. And But I wasn't really into like Street Fighter like that. Um, but then I just got super into Street Fighter. Like I got really into Third Strike because Anniversary Collection was out. And so I bought it and... I played third strike and I showed it to all my friends. I brought it to school to like theater stuff and, and we all played it and we got like really, really into it. Like I would like download like videos of the internet of like chef from UK playing Ryu and all these other people. And we went to our first Evo in 2006, me, my friend, Eric and my friend, Jeff. Um, and we used to go to the boomers arcade in, 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 in Irvine, like near palace park and it was like not a it was like a whatever bullshit arcade it wasn't great but it was like what we would do and we would go to Camelot and play there and so uh we we went to our my first evo we got one of those Tekken 5 PS2 sticks uh got bodied um and then left and you know like we had wanted to play like competitive games for like certain competitive games for a while but like the way it was uh the way it was shaking out at the time like um we we used to play card games we were fucking nerds um and then but this was like our other competitive thing and we got really really into it and so you a couple years later we thought there was never gonna be another street fighter and fucking street fighter 4 gets announced and so we go out to try to find an arcade to play it 
we it comes out we're fucking obsessed with it we decided to go to evo um the, do terribly but it was it's a fucking great experience it was one of the coolest things i've seen Daigo versus justin wong at that time and i looked up to all these people and i was just like oh man that's so crazy these people like alex valle man like i wish i could be like that guy and then i broke up with my girlfriend <laughs> like shortly after that uh and i was like all right i needed something to do uh i'm just gonna go to this garage in southern california and play because i'm gonna go to locals and i'm gonna see what happens Right. So I found the locals thread and at SRK. I went there to this guy named Shiggle's garage. And fucking Alex Valle is just there fucking playing. And like I have never I knew who Alex Valle was and I was like, holy fuck, dude. And so I started going there like every week and my other friends dropped out. And I was just like, I'm just gonna play this. And it was fucking I sucked, but I really loved the experience. It's like I'm playing with like the best players in the world here. That's fucking crazy. And, uh, you know, Vi was really harsh about and the, the way at the time is like, I had been doing rap for a while. And like, I showed my rap to Shiggle and other people to just kind of ingratiate themselves them with me. Cause that's how I like made friends. Like, Oh, I'm good at this. You see? And, um, Vi was like, no, nah, I'm not listening to that because he knew what I was trying to do. So he was an asshole to me. Like Vi was like a fucking dick to me for, Bro, months, man. He did some really... He was really shitty. And, like, aggressively shitty. Like, singling me out in front of 60 people, talking shit to me, like, saying, like, what the fuck is the point? Why are you even fucking here? All this kind of shit. And he implemented the band matches, and I got knocked into the band matches twice, and then got out of it. Like, worked to get out of it. Um... And I thought he was going to give me shit. And he was like, oh, you survive, Red Rapper. I like it. And the next week, he listened to my song and he put it on the fucking stream. Because he was just like, he just wanted to say, like, you, you, have, you have to work. And I learned so fucking much. And I was like, and then he, like, I have to give so, I give him and Jimmy Nguyen, like, so many props. Because they put me on and then they played my song on stream. And they, they used it for Project Blocks when they did it. And then, like. James Chen was like, hey, uh, I do all the intros for, like, Evo and stuff. We want to do these things like the Sprite Slam Dunk commercials where they do this slam poetry kind of shit. You want to write some raps about these about these games? I have some bars for Marvel 2, uh, which, he, which he gave. He gave me, like, the first few bars. He did not write the whole fucking thing. I saw that fucking shit, James. He did not write the whole fucking thing. Don't give me that shit. You wrote, like, four. I, I know the bars you wrote, bro, and I did that. I, like, they were great bars, but you don't, don't say that. So, like, I love James Chen. He's amazing. He's my favorite, one of my favorite people. Like, so he he gave me that opportunity. And I did all the raps for it. And then I ran out of bars by the time I got to Street Fighter 4. So I just, I was like, fuck it. The Cody theme sounds like a rap beat. I'll rap over that. And I rapped over that. And I was just kind of hype. And, and and I came up with it. Like, oh, it'll sound good. Let's be big for Street Fighter 4. And I showed it to them. I was ready for them to be like, this kind of whatever. And the entire like Evo crew, like who were fucking playing the show, like Seth Killian and everybody loved that shit. They're like, this is fucking awesome. Like you went in depth and I like researched stuff. I wanted to make it like, cause I fucking hate when video game rap is just like pushed. I grew up in Irvine. They don't think rap is real music. They don't think this, I hate people pushing stuff off. Like it's not serious. So I want to take, what if you have this talent and you take this shit seriously. Won't it be fucking dope? So I took it seriously. And they loved it. 
and then I did the fucking Cody theme, like at Evo and Chris Lee, who is a fucking great dude, was like at the end of it, it was like stand up red rapper, and everybody saw me, and then my life changed because I got a giant standing ovation from that, went viral, um, people saw it on stream. All of a sudden, I started to do Street Fighter music more often. And I became this like Street Fighter rapper. They put me in a commercial for the Street Fighter 3DS 3D edition. Capcom saw it. And then I did the Evo the next year I pitched doing an Evo theme because our theme was only Sandstorm all the time. And I was like, why don't I fucking do that? Because I have to do something else, right? And I got Mike Ross and everybody together and we did that and yipes and that played well, you know. And so Evo had a theme and I got to do the Evo theme. Um, and then at the same time, um, I was trying to like make a movie about the fighting game community. Cause again, I thought I was never going to be a rapper. Like I might as well get into film and I, I studied film and shit. Um, and so I, I, I worked up a lot of work to like put this short film about the street fighter together called Ranbat. Um, and I wrote a script and I got a bunch of really top players to be in it and they took their time and I spent money I didn't have. Um, and people did shit for free and did me favors and the movie never came out. Uh, and, Capcom's entire leadership changed in that time. Over that time, I also got a lot of hate from people. I gained a lot of weight. I was horrible with self care. My dad was like a super big out. My dad's always been, was always an alcoholic, but it was like it got really bad. Um, and then all my I bottomed out. I was like I had nothing. Like I wasn't getting work. I was like a fucking and I had gotten rejected from every film school I applied to, and shit. It was really bad, dude. And like, I was getting a lot of hate online for just rapping these. Dude, I'd get like, I'd get death threats. I'd get like really racist messages on Xbox Live. I'd get fucking weird emails and shit. I'd, people would realize, a few people realized who I was in like certain public places and were like, oh, that fucking shit sucked and was like rude to me, get in my face. It was fucking bad. So um, I applied for Berkeley on a whim got in it was like okay i'm gonna leave the fgc right and then for four years i was there but i never really like, left I, it was just a part of me um still and street fighter 5 at the time i was just not really like involved with the scene all that much and by the time i came back uh from berkeley after like a bunch of years i've gotten viral at berkeley and all that shit too but then that had bottomed out and i was trying to help my dad get sober when i got back and that was tough and i just slowly started to try to get back into the scene over like the years and like make a few more raps about fighting games and, and stuff like that i did everything changes during the pandemic and stuff and i started to kind of weave back in and 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 and, and the community if you don't know like when you leave the community it doesn't really leave you like i thought people were gonna be like why the fuck are you here because i was always very like on when i was not doing well because i was just like oh i, I need I need something. And like, yeah. I remember Seth Killing yeah. one time was just like, bro, you're going to be fine. Like, don't, you need to chill. <laughs> He's very kind. And even Yipes was just like, dude, I don't want to, Yipes didn't say anything, but like, I know that I was fucking annoying him and Mike and, and everybody like that. Um, but like, I worked really hard. We, we made, I made some cool music and as time went on, like I started to get more into the more ingratiated with the community, started to talk with more people again. And then when every when everything changed hands and Evo needed to rebrand, I got reached out to about possibly redoing the Evo theme. And I've been like working to try to get that there. And so I pitched them something. This was last year. I pitched them something. 
right? And I started last year broke, got a job at Apple Music, and all this happened. And like, I, I like, I was like, why don't I do it like this? This is the music I did for. Like, I got did this Cowboy Bebop thing that went really, really well. I did this My Hero Academia thing that Funimation used. Like, why don't we do this team? And why don't I, why don't I source everything? And do you want to do intros? And like, we don't really have budget for intros, but if you have anything left over, try it. And I was like, fuck it. Why don't I just do a Hail Mary, Hail Mary and try to do all the intros? And at the time, I'm sorry, this is so long. This is like a fucking novel. This is, I, I, had, this, I had questions I had that were questions going to lead this conversation, but you're just doing it all for me. So this is great. This is exactly great. what I wanted to hear. So you're, you're doing cool, great. Thank you. <laughs> Captive, welcome to my one-man TED Talk. Uh, my go-to joke. Um, so like, yeah, no, I, I, I sourced all. And the other thing was like, I didn't want all of them to be rap because there was a giant fucking chip on my shoulder. I was like, you motherfuckers think like, I'm just some rapper. I'm going to fucking do like every genre. I'm going to do jazz. I'm going to do fucking punk rock. I'm going to do metal. I'm going to do fucking, uh, hip hop, cypher hip hop. I'm going to do, uh, fucking, uh, oh, fuck you. Haley Williams. What's the, what's the fucking band? Oh my god! I can't believe I'm forgetting Haley Williams' band right now. What is it? And if uh, why why am I forgetting that name right now? I'm so tired. <laughs> How can I forget that band? Oh my god! I'm so dumb. Uh, Paramore. What the fuck? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Par- How do I fucking forget? Paramore? I was looking it up too. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do Paramore. I'm gonna do fucking all the shit that you never thought I would. And I I got I went really really in on it. Um and sourced asked for favors. Sourced with people who thought I was talented. Almost got in trouble at Apple Music for fucking doing all this shit. And then 80% of the way through the project, certain people involved wanted to pull the plug. Um, but then Rick put his shit on the line and we got it through. And it blew the fuck up. It was huge. And we did we got to I got to redo the Evo theme. I got to do all the stuff. And I was like fully back in the FGC. And then the Philip DeFranco stuff happened. Like Philip DeFranco saw me on a TikTok and then was like, Hey, freestyle, the news is really cool. And then that became my full-time job. So I quit my job at Apple music. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, um, this year, uh, like fucking has been amazing. <laughs> so like, uh, the evil, we did, we put the evil album together in two weeks. Oh, damn. Last year was a great fucking like, Hey, I did all this shit and it's great this year. Runback City was great. There was so much stress around this year. And like the first two days of Evo sucked because we were worried if the project was going to go up and it went up. And it is, it has been an amazing, that and Mortal Kombat has been an insane blessing. I'm still really scared about stuff. So I'm still constantly working and trying to make sure mm-hmm. things don't fall by the wayside. Uh, but yeah, that is, that's kind of where I am now is like, I've, I've I got to come back. I really didn't think me getting to come back and do Evo would have happened. Like, like the way I wanted it to happen. I thought I would have maybe gotten to do one or two things. Me getting to have all of this and 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 have a say in this and, and help define things and do cool shit like this has been my dream come true for for quite some time now. And I'm very lucky to have it. It's it's a lot of work. Yeah. Um. But I save receipts, motherfuckers. Who whoever <laughs> talks shit. So. Good. It's my, it's my, it's my, uh, it's my come up. Good. Yeah. No. Uh. One. One big lesson that I've been learning this year is about uh, uh, celebrating your W's. So yeah, keeping receipts and telling people what's what after you make it—that's definitely a W. So. <laughs> 
yeah. celebrate that shit. You uh, also have to understand, like, sorry, there's also, I'm sorry, I'm oh, no. again. No, man. But there's dude. also something, like, you have to understand, like, when you get, when you get negative feedback, um, when you get negative feedback that is, like, what the fuck is this? Cringe, blah, 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 blah. Like, that's very aggressive to something that mm-hmm. shouldn't be that aggressively reacted to. It is, like, just, it's a good sign. Like, every time I've had a project that's done that, it's usually been a success story. Because... Um, it means that your project is being pushed to people who would not normally like it as well. Like it's getting big enough to people where people are annoyed because it's so big. It's, 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 it's reaching a lot of people. That is a good sign because what you don't want is silence. Cause mm-hmm. when people normally don't like something, they just click off. Like yeah. most people just click off when people are watching something and they need to say something because they want to express their opinion and take down something that is that that's finding them or that is that other people like, it's usually a good thing because it means that there are one opinions on the opposite end. And two, your project is being pushed out. It's popular. It's like, it's, it's being seen by other people, you know? Um, that's unless there's like a giant back. I'm saying like when there's like a weird backlash when there's like a mm-hmm. giant backlash, you're like, You've said something really fucked up. You should probably look into that. But like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, uh, I I I relate to that a lot because this year uh, one of the things I got to do is I was a creative producer for the Arc World Tour Finals earlier. This oh year shit! For yeah, so we did like these player intros where like we had the players like pose like the characters, and uh, it was exactly that where like I had like some people gave like really bizarre like negative feedback where it's like, Oh, why would you force the players to do this? What's wrong with you? This is about the games, not about the player or not about having fun, blah, 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 or whatever. But like being at, wait, what? Yeah, it was really weird. Like some people were like, Oh, this is about the game, not the players, or this isn't about having fun. This is serious or whatever. Like people were just being super weird. Uh, but being in the room where we aired it and hearing like the oohs and ahs from the crowd was definitely one of those moments where it's like, Oh shit. Okay. We have like, we did something good here. Yeah. So I wanted but to I ask, did... like, were you at Evo when your songs debut specifically dude, like run back city. When I heard run back city, I was sitting there at Evo. It was just one of those things where it was like, damn, I like, and I haven't stopped up thinking about run back city since oh, were you at you. Evo. Were you able to like, get, yeah, like, I ran, reactions? I was, yeah. Like literally I was in the front row and we ran across the front row and told everybody to fucking stand up. So Hell we yeah. were screaming, telling the whole row, like, stand up. Like, me, I was just going fucking nuts in the front row. So I get to enjoy the video, but I got to fucking get hype and shit like that. Uh, and watching everyone stand up in the crowd was definitely a fucking, like, a big moment that I've been trying to, like, yeah. I worked yeah. hard. We worked hard for that moment. Like, that was something we really, we didn't know if it had happened. Um, we thought it could. We thought it would happen. It would either happen, and people were like, "Why? Why are we? Why are we doing this? What the fuck?" <laughs> like, or people would get hype, and people were screaming. They got the guile thing because also when we did the guile thing first, the like so Alex uh, V, who's the producer on it, I sent him the idea for like the guile because when he he gave the beat and I I sent him the idea. Of, he did the guile section, and I sent him the idea of doing the like the 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 raw Julia bit before it. <laughs> And because because I've done references to Bison like for two, so it's like a trilogy kind of right, like where I've done this reference twice, and it's also a celebration of Evo and stuff. So I was like, this is like I came here to fight people. Know, um, we outside now, people know, but but that's a, that's for the from the pandemic and everything. But I came here to fight. Everybody knows that shit. 
Um, Let's Go Justin got a way bigger reaction than I thought it would. I thought people would think that's a throwaway line, and they fucking loved it. But I've mentioned that Daigo Justin kind of thing for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then the chorus got a big thing. So funny thing, when I wrote the chorus for the la, 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 oh, la, yeah. la. <laughs> <laughs> two, two things, two things. So I have a song called Feels Like 1994 where I go, la, 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 da. I was referencing that. And I was like, oh, like, that's just a thing in hip hop where that happens. I completely forgot that it was fucking Menon. <laughs> Until midway through when we were doing the song and we were like, oh, okay, this is going to fucking work. So then I got uh, Matt, uh, my girlfriend Maddie to do background vocals and everything like that. And she did fucking an amazing job. And so like, Bro, like, it was like, I was like, I was like, oh shit, that got a response. I was, and then when he heard the the Raw Julia thing, he was just like, bro, this is corny, bro. Like, it's not, it's not, it's corny, bro. I'm like, I don't think, all right, well, we'll take it out. And then, like, I think this is the good thing about, about, I, uh, we were so swamped, I didn't give them another version to do it. And then they were like, I was like, hey man, so we're probably gonna switch it out and have something else. He's like, We we can't do that right now. I'm like, why? Like, we are already halfway through that. And if you say that, it will fuck the whole project. So that stays. And everyone is kind of obsessed with it. And I'm like, Oh, great. <laughs> well, no, he didn't say that, but he was like, he was like, Rick really likes it. We all really like it. We know where this is going. And they spent a fuck ton of time on that shit. And so um like to the point where like i redid the raw julia thing mm. to make it more intense and then rick was like put it back to the first version you did that you were just kind of doing it for a demo i'm like oh, okay cool and that played really really well and it it the fact that people saw it as a tribute the fact that it kind of encapsulated everything that we wanted to do the fact that we got to do like what's even crazier is like the weakest song on that album i felt it wasn't the weakest song but we were really worried about it because it was just like it was a song that we had to just finish up the quickest because we didn't get to spend the most time on it was fight or fade. We were so worried that people would think that's weak. And some people were like, it's not as good as the other ones. Everyone loves that song. That song is one of the best songs on the album mm-hmm. uh, because people immediately were like, Oh, it's a fucking Lincoln park AMV for dragon ball fighters. <laughs> like that's fucking awesome. And it mentions rollback like, bro, like uh, I'm just so happy that it was communicated and everybody kind of, saw themselves in that um you know there was some controversy with kof but like a lot of the mexican players were very very happy um i'm i'm I'm, i was just yeah like runback city like i was in the crowd for all of them i will say this year there were a lot of sound problems for the first two days and that Mm -hmm. was contributing to some of my worries they were were doing social media differently we were kind of figuring it out on the fly how were we going to do it but chris uh who runs the evo socials is such a fucking just a just a genuinely everybody who works at evo now is just a genuinely good person. And I've, you know, I've worked in and around this event and around FGC stuff for a while. Um, and people like Level Up are great, you know, and people like 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 the Evo team right now are great. Like, it's hard to find, like, usually you will meet certain people in bigger companies, having worked at Apple and having worked it through, through like, the last year, getting to do a bunch of collaborations where, Sometimes it's hit and miss. Sometimes you find people who are just kind of like not not the easiest to work with. Mm-hmm. 
it's not their fault. It's just they're disorganized sometimes. It just happens. It's not it's not a personal thing. But these guys are like, bro, we know how it is. We fucked up. We're gonna help you out. We're gonna make sure it like there's a genuine heart there that you don't find in a lot of other a lot of other places. And um I was very Chris like when we weren't getting we were worried the album was gonna bomb the first two days. And then fucking the third day they went overdrive and they banked everything on back and it worked so well and it we we're almost at a million streams right now oh, yeah. for impact. So we're doing really, really well. And <laughs> and it's a giant it's a giant Sony's super happy with it. Evo is super happy with it. Um and I'm excited to do more shit next year too. So Hell yeah, dude. First of all, congratulations, man. Because uh, uh I I'm also like I I I worked as a video editor. I got laid off recently, but I, I used to work at Esports. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. It's fine. Again, blessing in disguise. Uh yeah. But uh yeah, working like I did a lot of stuff for Overwatch League and I did a lot of stuff for Call of Duty League, yeah. FIFA, and you run into oh, a lot yeah. of people who work there but don't necessarily like they aren't involved with yeah. the community, right? So I think it's so rare to see like a bunch of people who are super involved with the community, like yourself, like Rick, Chris, Valle, uh, put their passion into it, and you can definitely tell. Like for like you know, uh, all I do want to also shout out Jimmy Nguyen, by the way. So Jimmy, yes, Valle always tries to say that Jimmy Nguyen is a huge part of Level Up. So he's also very that guy bleeds for the community all the time. You know, yeah, one hundred percent. I I I've been in contact with him. I'm hopefully I'll get him on the show in the near future. Oh, he'd he'd love to. He'd love it. I'm sure. Yeah, but like, see, seeing like, I I think especially with the FGC, right? I think the community itself has a little bit of a chip on its shoulder when it comes to esports, right? Because there's the the real esports, right? Like League of Legends and all the other big esports, and then there's yeah the FGC. So seeing something like the like the album for Evo this year, and even last year, and even like your music in general, where it you take such great care to like really show that you're a part of the community and you know what you're talking about and you're making the music for us. Like that I think is like what feels really special uh, about the stuff you make. Yeah. Uh, because it's one of those things where like get, being seen through like a, through music is like one of those right. things where it's like, damn, I didn't realize, like I never realized that like Zed was like this into the community and he speaks the language I speak and he thinks like how I think. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So like seeing stuff like that, and especially like being in a room with like ten thousand other people watching something new and like just vibing with it is like super yeah. duper special. No, I I I appreciate that so much, and that's the thing. Like that, it's just great when that translates, you know. Like, and I mean in the sense that like, dude, a lot of music for video games just feels very pandery, and we're talking about this as a sport. And the thing, I think a lot of the fighting game community and even other esports just kind of don't understand what the sports model actually mm-hmm. is. Because um, the sports model didn't even, you know, like understand what it is after a while. Um, sports are an experience. Like you go to, I'm Mark Cuban's editor or someone, but like when you go to a Laker games, that is an experience from top to bottom. It's not just, it starts from when you just drive into the parking lot. Because there's a fucking million people there. It's traffic jammed. How the fuck am I going to get in here? That's an experience. Like, oh, this is a big deal. And then you walk through the doors with all these other people. There's a bunch of stands that are trying to sell you food. And it smells a certain way. It smells, smells like like hot dogs and, 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 and pretzels. You see you see stands that people want to engage with you with, right? Like, and 
and and and, and people in jerseys and, and everybody talking and you go into you go into the stadium and it's it's fucking it's like there you know like and when the game is going on it's just constant movement things are constantly happening like, what the fuck it's 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 quick there's stuff in between like it's a full experience that you have as a person emotionally with this game with these players with all of this stuff that doesn't really care whether you play the game or not it mm-hmm. cares whether you love the game or not and if whether you love the culture around it like they don't care about the rules of basketball they care about how basketball is played and what basketball means to people and that's what's interesting and so when you talk about street fighter people love ryu people love love like driving packs and mechanics and pressing buttons and everything like that but when you mention shit like everybody having to borrow a stick all the time mm-hmm. or you know how it feels when somebody gets hit or watching the first couple seconds of 99 tick down as two really big players start to play or um you know when when you lose your voice after like little details like that which are prevalent throughout all sports when you get to it um those are what really make it a special experience and we don't have enough of the cultural capital like we should in these things and so like a big thing that i want to do and a lot of other musicians want to do here is I want to build the cultural capital for the scene so that this is not just like, it's not nerdy rap. It's just rap or nerdy, like metal music. It's just metal music. The, the metal singer, the people we got are not just game musicians. We have a lot of people there who are pop musicians, right? Who are doing really well, really crazy things in pop music and in rock music and in metal music. Um, And all of those things kind of coalesce to, what we have and that's how it should be Mm -hmm. it should be taken seriously like in the sense that it's like a like like anybody should be able to hear that song anybody can hear run back city and have a good fucking time Mm -hmm. and then they find out it's all about street fighter right one thing at berkeley that happened was like um one of the days uh there was a songwriting class i was in with a bunch of other people and i wrote uh wednesday night which is a song on one of my albums it was about wednesday night fights I was really scared to play that because you get feedback and people at Berkeley are usually kind of either really complimentary or in their own heads and kind of assholes about stuff. Right. But there, but, but that, that class was very like, yo, I'm going to tell you how I think and and you're going to get a harsh critique, critique out of me. And I played them Wednesday night and I was ready for them to be like, I don't know what the fuck this song is about. What is this song about? You know, I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. It just seems as an eventful. And I was ready for that, but I was just like, let's, let's just see how it goes. And I got like a resounding, like, this is really fucking cool. Like, holy shit. Like, cause you care about it. Mm-hmm. And I realized like, people just like what you care about. They don't give a fuck. If you really like Red Bull and you made a song about how much you really like Red Bull, that's a fucking hit song. Right. Um, like if I make a song about how much I fucking love this community, that's a fucking hit. So I think building the cultural capital of the community is important and we don't do it enough. And the second that becomes more of a part of all of this, instead of just like, we need to nerf. If the com- the, the the conversation after Evo was a lot about the players, which is important. Mm-hmm. And I think that is what we need. Not less of like, I don't know where JP stands in the top 10 rank. Fuck that. 
It's not about nerf JP. That, that yeah, that's important. But the dominance should be like, yo, Angry Birds fucking killing it. Like, yo, Noah's back. Yo, this is happening. Yo, man, like, what's the food like in Daytona? Like, that should be that should be the cultural relevance of this community. And I think I think we are moving towards that because this game is fun and it should be fun first, competition second, because that's what basketball is. And you know. Competition is still a sh- the the driving force of it, mm-hmm. but you gotta have fun with the game first before you fucking give a shit about the competition. A hundred percent. Yeah, I have one quick question for you. Uh, it is yes. nine fifty. Do you have time to stick around and chat just a little bit more, or are you pressed for time? Uh, I have a I have a few more minutes. I'm probably gonna have to leave at eight. So okay, that's fine. Uh, I just have Sorry, a couple more. So oh no. <laughs> no, 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 dude. This is exactly what I wanted. This is perfect. Uh, yeah, and I just wanted to make sure, like, because for me, like, if like if it was up to me, like, we could just sit here and talk all night. Uh, but uh, I have a couple of questions for you. First, um, I think uh, talking about that culture uh, capital, uh, the way you. Uh, contributed to the scene is through music, right? And it feels like, as far as our scene, uh, there's a lot of, uh, like, there are a lot of people who, like, we're, we're all, like, around fighting games, but I feel like the community itself uh, starts at fighting games and then it branches out from there. So, mm-hmm. con- when since you're contributing in a unique way, right? Because, some, like, sometimes, when, especially when you're getting into, like, competitive stuff, it feels like the only way you can contribute is either through, like, uh, commentary or being a good player. So since you're right. contributing in a new in in unique way, um, do you have any advice for people who want to contribute to the fighting game community but don't necessarily know how or like need to find their own way to contribute to it? Finding your own way to contribute to it is the thing. So like I didn't want to just be the music contributor for a while because I wanted to be the player contributor. Like I wanted to be like a really good because I was good at video games and like whenever new fighting games came out i was like really cool amongst people for the they won't admit it but like i was good for like a day i was like i was fucking there was there was a point where marvel 3 came out and i i perfected ndocr one time he will not admit it (laughs) but like i perfected him but i was playing ryu zero sentinel which is a terrible team and let's be very real i sucked at that game like i suck at that game and (laughs) andy took like three out like labbed the next day and i never beat him again like there's net like that's the thing so like like i i like yeah i have sharp reflexes but i don't have the commitment and the, and the over indexing of it here's how i figured out the music thing i i like playing street fighter i like fucking live and breathe rap like that's like i fucking there are people at berkeley who would try to rap and um some of them are really good but some of them would do it, but they're also playing trumpet and like it's like a thing on the side. And I'm like, well, why they're good though, but why aren't they why do people respond to mine more than there's oh, because I I will spend eight hours a day doing this. They will spend like three. Right? And it's just like a whatever. I will like listen to songs I don't like and learn new flow patterns and like fucking do things I don't want to do to get better at this. They're kind of like, I just want to be comfortable. And that'll work sometimes, but like there's just there's that. I I will just spend all of it. Like it's a time sink. It's where are you spending your time? Like is this your is this your 100? Are you giving your 100 to Street Fighter? Find out what you are giving your 100 to, and be contributive about it. And that's what you need to do. 
don't do it. Don't don't be a player because you think you're better than everybody else and you want to make a buck. What's the most contributive way you can be a part of the community? If it's because you want to play good, then yeah, go for it. You can do any of the things that you want to do. It's just what do you love even when it is stressful and like you're like, oh, I don't I don't want to be here. Even when rap is stressful, I love it. Even when it is like, I don't want to fucking rap today. I love it. Uh, when you find that, that's that's what you do. And you find a way to relate it to the community. And yeah, if it's selfless, it's great. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. um, great. And it'll come back to great you. It'll, it'll enrich you afterwards, too. Yeah. 100%. Uh, okay. I have three okay. final questions because uh, some people from our Discord asked some questions. First Yes, is... I'm sorry. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, uh, this is from Steve Jurek, former co-host of the show. He's unfortunately now a dad, so he can't be on the show. Uh, oh, man. But uh, he asked, uh, how much of Epic Battles of MVC3 history can you still spit from memory? <laughs> uh, fuck. Um, uh, Y'all, I'm a murder doom. Take your mask off. Crack open that glass jaw. da 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 da, -da, -da As you blast off. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's uh that's that's fucking eleven years ago, man. Damn. I, We're all getting old. <laughs> yeah, bro. Uh next, uh this is from Squidly. Uh they're taking in a, a music appreciation class in college. Uh is there anything uh he should know before he gets too deep into it? To music appreciation? Mm-hmm. What which what what college? Was it Berkeley or uh no, I think it's just like one of those gen ed music appreciation courses. Where they like sit you down what and make you, you know listen about to appreciation? Uh, those courses tend to be very geared towards whatever the establishment of that place thinks is should be appreciated for music. So I would say, um, like if if you're taking a music appreciation class, what you should do honestly, and what's a lot more fun honestly, is to just like find a bunch of genres you don't normally listen to, and Listen to the shit that like makes you feel like, oh, what the fuck is this? But listen and try to figure out like what what would I like about if I was somebody different, what would I like about this? And like train your ear to because that's what I did with Drake. I did that this year. So I did that with death metal this year mm. because I mm. was not into death metal. And I had to listen to death metal for Mortal Kombat. And I found out how fucking similar death metal is to like certain rap things, like with where the rhythm is and like the the fucking percussiveness of it and it was a lot of fun dude and i found out some shit that i actually like really liked uh and it's more music man you just get more shit to do it that, that's the most fun like it's 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 like free food man it's a buffet like yeah. just i would say go find a genre you're not like you're you're kind of like this is interesting like country or like rap or like ska bro ska you'll go into a fucking rabbit hole man like <laughs> there's so much cool shit like and when you see it done at a, like a high level you're like what the f this is so fucking cool um and it's all on spotify man it's like free you have music is a search bar it's like you mm -hmm. live in like the best mm -hmm. era to do this 100%. so i would do that and um all music should be appreciated and if they say otherwise they're fucking dumb so Agreed. 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 Uh, and last but not least, uh, uh, not this, least. Is from Jimmy. Yeah, this is from Jimmy. What's your favorite Street Fighter character of all time, and who's your current Street Fighter Six main? My favorite Street Fighter character of all time. Um, 
I play Ryu in every game, so but that feels like a cop out. But I really like Ryu. Um, I think my favorite character, uh, like in terms of like lore or like mechanics, um, I'm just gonna list a bunch of characters. I like Ryu. I like Cody. I like um, uh, I like. I thought Goken was really cool the way they integrated him. I thought that was fucking awesome. Um. Uh, I, I think, uh, I think Lily's design is fucking awesome. Uh, but yeah, I, I love, I love Ryu. Uh, I, I played, I played Necro when Street Fighter 3 first came out because I thought it looked really cool. Um, but yeah, in terms of like who I'm maining, uh, I'm gonna, I main Ryu, I drop Lily, uh, I may pick up Ken and but I'm not a big fan of Ken. Um, I, I just want to play him because I want to have a good time. And then uh, I I want to play uh, Aki simply because she has Lakers colors. And I just want to <laughs> fucking beat people's ass and be like, yo, block Mamba, bro. Mamba mentality. That's all I want to do. Hell yeah. And I will do it, bro. I'll do I'll do that shit. I'll fucking enter. I'll enter a tournament as Mamba mentality and then fucking unmask myself and be do fucking it. Next Evo. I'm looking forward to seeing it next Evo. Yeah, if I'm not stressed, the goal the goal is to not stress myself out next Evo. Like I got this project done in two fucking weeks, dude. Yeah, dude, that's and ridiculous. yeah, and like the mixing and everything like that and the stuff around it took like a little bit longer, like a slight slight amount longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we were kind of pushing the clock on that, but we're gonna get our shit done and way earlier next year and. I'm excited to give more finding game people more opportunities and grow this shit because it can be really big. Oh yeah, dude, that means a lot to me, and I'm just like how it means a lot to the community, man. So it is eight o'clock. That means a lot. So uh, it is eight o'clock. So thank you so much for taking the time to come chat, man. This is exact like this is all I ever like. This is all I hoped it would be. Uh, You're an amazing human being, and I vibe. And the fact that we're like it feels like we're kind of cut from the same cloth with the background in music and uh, with how yeah, man. This has been this has been really really cool. Uh, and if you ever want to be back on the show, man, just let me know. We'll have you back on whenever. Of course, man. I'm glad. I like your show, dude. And and and, and I have followed you for a bit. So yeah, man. I'm glad things are going well. And uh, I wish you all the best, dude. It's fucking great. And yeah, I'll I'll come back on at some point. Hell yeah. And if you ever want, uh, if you're ever looking for musicians for real samples, let me know, man. I got a I got a whole hookup in New York. So of we'll course, you, of course, we'll of course. Of. By the way, those were actual horns, motherfucker. I know, I know. As well as you know, <laughs> I know. I, I guess my ear is ass because I heard it and I was like, "Man, midi horns again!" But then when you said when uh, you uh, when you mentioned that those were real horns, I was like, "Yeah." And I listened back to it, looking for it, and I was like, "Damn, dude! I guess my ear is just ass now." Well, that just happens though because like I think a lot of times people will like it's very hard to record like certain instruments and some people will just be like is that MIDI? I'm like no motherfucker, it's real. So mm-hmm. that just happens in general. Like so, it's not your fault, bro. Like it, it happens. It okay. was just one of those things where I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> receipts. <laughs> no, and I think I think I think the reason why I was so adverse to it is because uh, of Marissa's track in Street Fighter Six, where like it would be so cool with like a jazz band, like having like that super yeah. attitude heavy thing, but it just MIDI and it's like, uh, uh, but yeah. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, there's there's lots of stuff we could talk about for music moving forward, but um, yeah, no, I I, I appreciate. I do have to go. Yeah, for um, sure. But no, man, this is a, this is a ton of fun. It was a blast, and uh, I really really appreciate you. Thank you for having me on, and uh, I will talk to you soon, man. For sure, man. Hit me up whenever. We'll we'll chat. Of course, bro. All right. All right. Talk Later, soon. man.
All right, ladies and gents, that was Zed Tabani. Giving him a big old round of applause there. Um, about damn time we had him on. <laughs> no, uh, I, I'll be honest, man. I got, uh, I'm, I'm even slightly afraid of uh, admitting this, but uh, Die by Sword resubscribed for 71 months. Everybody give him a round of applause. I was very afraid to uh, admit that. Just kidding. Uh, no, uh, like when he was talking about like how passionate about he is, like I almost like got a little choked up, right? I started getting a little bit emotional because it's like it's one of those things where like it's very difficult to care about something. Especially nowadays, right? Because people tend to be so judgmental and like it's just difficult, right? Like because there's so much happening. Um, but like hearing him talk about like how he cares about the community and everything like that almost got me a little choked up. I'll be honest. Um, I almost started getting a little emotional and we went over by like an hour. <laughs> so, uh, big ups to Zed, man. Uh, loved having him on the show. I love his work. Uh, we were, you know, I put on uh run back city for the top of the show. Uh, can't wait to see what he comes up with next chat. Uh, I think that's it. Did we go over everything? We talked about FGC content. We talked about the Mortal Kombat thing. We talked about Aki. We talked with Zed. He's awesome. I'm glad I'm glad I finally got to chat with him, man. I've always like heard about him, but never like really like knew of him as as a as a human. Uh but yeah. All right. Well, I guess uh I guess that's the show. So thank you everybody for joining. If you don't know. Um, we have a YouTube channel, so this will be up on our YouTube. If you're on the YouTube and you've you've managed to make it this far, first of all, thanks for watching. Second, let me know what you thought about Zed and what you uh, who you want to see on the show, right? And for those of you watching here live, join our Discord. You can click exclamation point Discord in the chat, and it'll send you over to our Discord. You can you can let me know who you want on the show. And we'll get people on the show. We'll get, uh, we'll talk to more people. Um, we'll have more fun. We'll do more stuff. For now, the next time I'll be streaming is tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning, I'll be uh, playing some more Aki. And we'll go over a couple of other things that happened over the week. Uh, start probably around 9.30 in the morning. Unless I oversleep again like I usually tend to do. I apologize for that. Uh, but yeah. No, this has been great. Again, Join our Discord, man. We're hanging out in there. We're having some fun. I'll be back tomorrow morning. 9.30 in the morning. Yes. Yes. I've been doing morning streams, and they've been really fun, man. Like, having, having like, a morning stream to, like, that's more casual, right? Like, a little bit more informal has been, uh, has been really, really cool. And now that I have the time to do it, right? Uh, but, yeah. Anywho. That's it. Uh, Y'all can go home, but you don't have to. Uh, wait. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I mean, you can, I guess. You prefer to sleep until noon? Yeah, that's fine. Um, but yeah, that's going to be it for me today. This has been a very amazing episode of Best of Five. Again, big thank you to Zed Tabani for coming up uh, and chatting with us for a little bit. This was that. I'm going to think about that discussion for a hot minute, man. That was really fun. Thanks, everybody. We'll be back with the talk show next week. We'll be back on stream tomorrow. Have yourselves a good night, and I'll catch you all. I'm, I'm trying to come up with a good, like, uh, sign-out phrase. Sign-off phrase.
Like, I want to say, like, see you at the next tournament, but, like, the next, like, I'm not going to be at the next tournament, I don't think, so. I won't see you at the next tournament. I don't know. I'll come up. Uh, good night, Canada. Ah, that's Steve's. I can't steal Steve's thing. Uh, well, uh, maybe we'll do, like, uh, Zimmy, Wimmy, Zam, Zam, Zazzle. Shit, I clicked the wrong button. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, wait, let me try that again. Wimmy, Zam, Zam, Wazzle.